I am so excited for today's show because we're going to have some great ideas for things that we can prepare at home, as well as things that we can get at restaurants throughout the city, especially in the downtown area, because that's kind of where I hang out. And so I have a little more familiarity with all of the places to eat down here. Um, but I'm also um, collecting ideas from my friends, and um, I have up first uh, Tina Freeman, who's got an incredibly, one of my favorites. I mean, I have actually made this myself, believe it or not. I'm not much of a cook, but I love it so much that I have made it, and um, I'm curious to hear your version of it. Cucumber soup, cold cucumber soup, what else for summer is better than cucumber soup? I don't know. I, I, I crave it. So Tina, tell us how you do it. Okay, well, um, in the old days, before I moved to a vegan uh, diet, it was very easy. We used to do it in Pascristan in the summertime. And you get cucumbers. If you can get the English ones, the, the long ones, that those are the best tasting. But if you can't, oh, just yeah, regular yeah. cucumbers are Where just you get fine. Excuse me? Where do you get the long ones? Whenever, I mean, whenever you see them, Whole Food has them a lot. Uh, Rouse's okay. has them. You know, they just, they kind of come and go. They call them English cucumbers, and they're the ones that are wrapped in plastic, unfortunately. But um, the best thing to do is to peel them and seed them and get, you know, two or three. You want to end up with maybe two to four cups of cucumbers and peel them and then cut them in half and take the seeds out of them with a spoon. And then uh, especially the ones that aren't the English cucumbers, you want to salt them and let them sweat for a while to mm. get the bitterness out of them. And then- I didn't um, know any of this. This is important. <laughs> you don't really need a high-speed blender, but you can use just about any blender. High-speed blender will um, give you a smoother soup. Uh, and the first recipe is going to be for uh, a soup with yogurt. And the second recipe I'm going to give you is a soup with avocados so that it's non-dairy. Yeah. And um, so I kind of wing it. I don't really have a specific recipe for it, but um, put in fresh herbs. If you've got parsley, thyme, not thyme, uh, tarragon, uh, things like that, you know, mint, put that in there. And um, then the yogurt, uh, Greek yogurt is maybe the best. You might have to add a little bit of liquid. Um, it could be a stock or it could be um, even, you could probably even go with milk. I wouldn't go with cream. I think that would be too heavy. And then just uh, salt. Well, you've got some salt that's on the cucumber, so that's good. Some white pepper, if you have it. If not, just regular pepper. Garlic is a really good addition. Mm, and then wow. just whiz it up. And um, it's nice if you put it in the refrigerator for a little while and get it cooled down. But that's not even that vital because your cucumbers maybe probably were cold and your yogurt's going to be cold. So that's my first uh, way to do it. The second way is to use avocados. And you can also use tahini with the avocados to give it a little bit more um, kick. 
yeah, solid, you know, kick. And then if it's too thick, you can use um, some plant-based milk or even a stock, like a vegetable stock. And again, the herbs, again, the same thing with, you know, de-acidifying or de-whatever, the cucumbers. And um, put it in the fridge for a little while, let it the, the uh, everything meld up a bit. Um, you can put dill in there. Uh, so in general, it should be, uh, and the garlic, don't forget the garlic. You could even put with the, with the uh, avocado, you could put a little bit of uh, red wine vinegar and, and onions in both of them, if you like onions, wow. green onions or red onions and fresh basil and uh, then salt and pepper to taste. And it's so easy. It's done. Looks it's so like easy, easy, but I have to tell you that this is a much more elegant version of cucumber soup than um, I have made in the past. But it uh, both both versions sound delicious. I think it's important to try both before the summer's out. So um, yeah, that's that's just perfect. That's great. I love it, and I love the. I've never used it. I've never put garlic in it. And um, I've never used it with the avocado. So those are great ideas. Uh, thank you so much. That's okay, great. good. Yeah. Cucumber uh, soup making. And you can use any kind of blender. You can use an immersion blender. You can use the blender you use to make uh, drinks with or a high-speed blender, any of them. Right. Now, one thing before I go, um, we go, um, how about some kind of a summer wine that you, uh, or any kind of uh, beverage that you would have um, with whatever else you serve with the soup? Well, remember in the summertime, it's not against the rules to chill your red wine, especially if you have a light red wine. Um, you know, a chilled red wine is really nice in the summertime. That is another hint that I hadn't thought of. I should have thought of that because, of course, sangria is made with chilled wine. Mm -hmm. So that's an. That's oh, and sangria is wonderful, a wonderful summer beverage. Absolutely. Oh, that gives me an idea, actually. I love the sangria that they make at, um, what is it called? Carmelo's, the restaurant on Julia Street. I forget the exact right name, but I, I have to call them because they have a great uh, sangria. You know what I mean? It was it's in the space that we used to that Tannen and I used to have for a gang. Oh, that's Carmo. Carmo. That's Carmo. Okay. Yeah, they have a great bar, actually. They've got in general. Some, right. My favorite drink there is the Americano, which is people think, you know, might bring you a coffee if you order one. But it's actually Campari and sweet vermouth and um, a sparkling water. And it's a really nice summer drink. It's kind of like a Negroni, only lighter because- Exactly. It's the same as a Negroni without the hard liquor. And a Negroni happens to be my favorite drink. So well, um, absolutely- A little bit too alcoholic for me, but- <laughs> um, you know, I, I've never found it to be um, inebriating. Maybe I just never drink enough of it. I haven't, you Ooh, know, it can, be. <laughs> it can hit you, huh? <laughs> no, but Carmo makes a really good, they use an excellent vermouth in their uh, Americano or Negroni, as the case may be. 
Fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, Tina. I know that uh, you're, uh, um, you know, uh, a traveling queen and you're on your move as usual. So I'll let you go. But that was a great, great suggestion. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Enjoy your summer wherever you are. Yeah, happy summer. Yeah, keep cool. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. This is Corey Serenier with me now, and Corey is a chef, cold stop, period. He does other things. He's a CAD genius, among other things, but he does the most amazing desserts, among other things. And one of them is a cheesecake, <coughs> excuse me, that I just had over the three past three days. It was supposed to be for Father's Day. So we're having Father's Week here, and uh, uh, Tannen has already had um, three days of, of uh, cheesecake. I've had two days, and I, I'm from New York originally, guys. I have to admit, I know I'm a reformed Yankee, but I've had lots of great uh, um, cheesecake up there, but I have never had a cheesecake as good as the one that Corey makes. Now, Corey's going to be modest and tell you that a lot of what he does, it comes off the box, but I know, I don't know exactly what it is that he does to it that makes it so different, but he's about to tell us. Corey, and tell me, for, tell me two things. How did it come to be that you like to make cheesecake? Well, I've always liked to bake. I started baking when I was in high school, and I don't know, I just made a cheesecake one time, and I, you know, I like cheesecake. So uh, that was uh, really before I became diabetic, unfortunately. Uh, but I do ma uh, make a sugar-free one also. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know, I just enjoyed it, and then people liked them and would ask me to make a cheesecake. And I actually make little two-inch round cheesecakes, uh, usually for a party or something like that. They're like a couple of bites and, and that's it. But, uh, you know, I just, I like baking, you know, like making things in general. So. I, um, as I said, uh, and I, this is, I, I, I think people who know me know I'm not a flatterer. If I say something is great, it means it's really great. And your cheesecake is really great. And um, so I want to know a little bit more about how you make it so that um, it'll give people a con I mean, you have to have confidence to make a cheesecake because there's a lot of cheesecakes out there. And I I'll say that eight, at least eight out of 10 times that I've ever ordered it anywhere, including in New York, it's disappointed. And when I bit into your cheesecake two nights ago for the first time, I just, oh my God, you know, I just couldn't believe how delicious it was. But there's something that you do with it that is definitely different from the, the fundamental recipe. It's got a flavor in it that I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Okay, it reminds me of um brulee uh, when you do a um creme brulee and this and the top of it has a kind of uh hard surface but it has some kind of a flavor in it that i don't know where that comes from because i'm not from the oral so i know nothing about the food here except the few things that i can make like barbecue shrimp yay but um tell me what is it about that your cheesecake that's so special 
Well, I mean, uh, the top that you're referring to is basically allowing it to bake long enough to caramelize the top of it. Ah, there's, okay. uh, there's, you know, quite a bit of sugar in it. And generally creme brulee is just a custard. And then they put sugar, sprinkle sugar on top of it and use a torch to actually caramelize the sugar right on top of the, of the custard. And that's, you know, that kind of a burnt sugar uh, flavor. Uh, and, uh, I mean, uh, there are other cheesecakes that they bake even longer than what I do. There's a, a, a cheesecake, a Bosque style cheesecake. Bosque? Bosque. Bosque as in, you know, from uh, the city of... area, you know, from yeah. when I, uh, when I would, my ancestors are from on the French oh, side, okay. uh, but it's the entire wait, wait, cheesecake wait. is browned. The whole cheesecake is brown. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, you would you would you look at it and you would just say, well, somebody burnt the cheesecake. Yeah. But that's just the way they make it, and that's the the Bosque, Bosque style of cheesecake. Oh, so you're saying Bosque as Bosque. S Q U E? At first, I thought you said yes. Boston. I was saying I've no, never not had Boston. Bosque really special in Boston, so yeah, Bosque. Other than lobsters, but, uh, yeah, and that's their style of cheesecake. Uh, but oh, so uh, that's interesting. So, so this is kind of in between. What's that? So they just cook it longer. Yeah, they cook it longer to where it's. I mean, completely browned on top, and I. I mean, it actually. I've seen some where it kind of even collapses in the middle some, you know, like mine is, you know, I don't bake it that long that it's, you know, it, it kind of dries out any. Yeah. Uh, but I, I bake it till it's basically solid in the middle and it browns on top some. Uh, but uh, it, you know, generally it takes about an hour and 10 minutes or so to bake. Yeah, and that's I bake awesome. it in uh a bacon in a bain marie or a water bath uh to uh you know a lot uh, try to stop it from cracking <laughs> basically because sometimes if you bake a cheesecake in a dry oven they tend to crack no so wait, explain what you mean so in a water bath what does that mean well basically what it is is i have a very large uh cake pan that i use that I put in the oven, then I put the springform pan that the cheesecake is in, in the middle of it. And then I put boiling water around it to about halfway up the side of the cheesecake uh, springform pan and bake it like that. So basically what it's doing is it's creating steam in the oven as it bakes and it allows the, the, the cheesecake to cook uh i guess maybe a little slower i'm not really sure uh it's kind of like when you make um uh flan or uh or creme brulee creme brulee is generally baked in a water bath i like did that. not know that it, it, yeah. it, only in new orleans do you get these kind of an elaborate inventions that just create these incredible um concoctions but Man, I'm telling you, I've, I tasted that brulee flavor the minute, if that's what you call it. Um, uh, what does brulee mean anyway? Um, I, don't think, I think it's, uh, 
I think it's basically burnt sugar. I'm not exactly sure. I think it's too it caramelized like or, you know, I believe that's basically what it is. Although they call coffee, when they call, co you know, coffee brulee, I should have looked this up before I got on the phone with you. So now I'll have everybody who's listening in their Google, in their phones, Googling this to find yeah. out what it is. But it, it's just so incredible. The idea that you would put um, a pan of cheese in a pan of water to stick it in the oven, to steam it and burn sugar on top. I mean, that's just, I, I call that creative. That's why the culinary arts are one of the creative arts. And it, it's just amazing. Uh, I, I, but the minute I, I put my fork in, I tasted that taste. And I, I, I think I'd like that taste when it comes right down to it. And it was just incredible. And then the quality of the, the cheese itself is, you know, it's it's thick, but it's kind of, I don't know how to say, it's not really fluid, but it's um, it's it's not sticky, it's not hard, it's not super soft. It's kind of what I would call just right, you know, just perfect uh, consistency. So how does that happen? Is that again from this, in part from putting it in the water bath? Um, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the sugar within the cheesecake will brown on top and that's basically what, it, that's what the caramelization is. That's sure. the browning, you know, that's generally what browning is on any, any baked item like that, uh, is the, uh, actual sugar content in it, uh, you know, basically on the surface that is browning. I mean, um. Uh, and looking at uh, what brulee is, brulee is a custard top with caramelized sugar. Basically, it's just caram uh, the caramelized sugar is what what brulee actually is. Yeah, but the but uh, the cheese itself, your cheesecake, mm -hmm. is the perfect consistency, um, and and Snow can attest to this. That is um, the characteristic of a cheesecake that comes from a place called Junior's in Brooklyn, and I've only there a couple times, but that's like the penultimate cheesecake in New York. And yours is just like that. And again, it's it's very creamy, but it's not it's not soft. Sometimes when people make cheesecake, it's it's kind of loose. And yours is not loose, nor is it hard. It's I want to say it's hard fluid, which is crazy. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I mean it, it's a combination of things. Uh I mean I, you know, my cheesecake, I use three pounds of cream cheese. Nope. Nope. <laughs> three, three pounds. Oh my God. So when I, I buy three pound blocks, I buy three pound blocks of cream cheese, generally at Sam's or Costco. Um, and it's uh, half a dozen eggs. Oh my God. Which, you know, the eggs also help it congeal. Uh, okay. Just like when you make creme brulee, you use the, cusp, the uh, egg yolks with the milk and that, and that's what actually helps to thicken the uh, the custard. So it's, yeah. it's basically, that's part of what's thickening it and also as a half a cup of flour in it. Not much, but you know, it adds to it and then two cups of sugar, so. <laughs> oh my that's, God. Yeah, and not some exactly, vanilla and a pinch of salt. Not exactly so. health food. <laughs> no, and they didn't say it was healthy. <laughs> no, it's, it's purely for fun, without a doubt, and that's yeah. why I made the perfect 
Father's Week um, celebration, and, and we have definitely, uh, we've massacred it pretty much. I mean, we have some left for Sunday, if, if it, it survives till Sunday, but um, I mean, we've just, uh, we've been at it, we've been at it, and um, I'll start off, we'll both start off with a sliver, you know, okay, we're going to eat a small piece this time, and we start with that small piece, and next thing you know, uh, I think we have to have a little more, and so we have another little slice, and uh, I don't know, Nick, even think about the calories and cholesterol, oh Lord. Yeah. But um, so the, where did the baking uh, trend for you come from? Where did that um, in, instinct, that interest in baking, which mom? Well, uh, well I went to uh, St. Bernard High School, which was an all boys public school at the time. And uh, my mother uh, worked as a janitor custodian at the elementary school that I went to. And I used to help her in the summers. So I knew the kind of work she was doing it was very physical, uh, you know, labor intensive. And well, in high school, I belonged to a lot of different, you know, key club and different groups in school. And we would have a bake sale, you know, stuff like that to wow. raise money. So, you know, I was, you know, I volunteered to make something. So, you know, I just started looking at my mom's book books and that. And and I just didn't want to put the burden on her to say, hey, can you make a bunch of cupcakes or something like that? So <laughs> I just started looking at them. I started. Corey, have you thought about a second career? And, and make Corey Serenier's famous cheesecake and desserts. I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. There were people, think about the pie man, Omar the pie man in New Orleans. Think yeah. about, he must have started kind of similarly to you. He just saw his mother doing X, Y, Z, and he decided he could do it too. And he started doing it. Next thing you know, it's his business. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm sure you thought of this, right? Yeah, I've thought about it, but, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, work that I'm doing right now, I, I do enjoy, um, you know, I'm a draftsman, CAD designer, you know, civil designer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I started that in high school, too. I took drafting my soon, uh, sophomore year, and I, I really got into it, and I enjoyed it. I used to go home and draw every night. Uh -huh. And my mom would have to tell me to go to bed. Wow. And uh, I actually did the first school year, or first year of drafting in the first two nine weeks of school. So, and then I did the second year and the second two nine weeks. Hmm. Uh, you know, and but I just I liked drawing, and that was all on the board. Now I'm doing it with a computer. But it's um, something I enjoy too. So it, it, it's, yeah. and I'm making a decent, you know, pretty decent living at it. Right. So. so, I mean, it's not, and you're a lucky man because it's not everybody who gets to, to do for their job what they love to do. And they always say in all the books about choosing a career, do something you love to do because then it's not work, it is doing what yeah. you love. And yes. so, yes. and you were also way ahead of the tech curve. And uh, as we all know, that is the curve today, is the tech curve. I, I'd like to argue that it's also the creative curve, but uh, they're joined. A lot of people don't realize how creative engineering is, but you don't get a Frank Gehry building, for example, without the engineer 
So I recognize, and my husband beats into my head if I if I forget to use the word engineering when I list creative practices, he lets me know about it. So I've I've gotten um, well trained to recognize the creativity and engineering. So I get that, I understand that. But someday, someday, maybe, <laughs> maybe. you don't want to do that anymore. I think you have a second career in Corey Saranier's legendary cheesecake and that's all i can say about it because i guarantee you nobody in brooklyn has ever tasted a cheesecake as good as yours corey thank you so much for giving me some time okay bye-bye okay. take care all right, Jean. All right. Bye. take care Okay, well, um, now we have the real deal. We've uh, been talking with a couple friends uh, initially, and um, now we have Ralph Brennan. Oh my God, I, as I'm typing it, I'm saying, what well, man, that Brennan name, it really hangs in there. <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> ubiquitous. And, um, and Ralph has some of the best and wonderful restaurants in town. And so Ralph, um, you know, your food year round is, is really perfect for the summer. So I, I don't know that you have to have anything special, but I'm curious if there is something in particular that you like during the summer and um, share it with uh, the, my audience and the rest of the world that's listening. Sure. Okay. Well, um, you know, um, we do a lot of activities at Ralph's on the Park in the summertime. Uh, the one that, that I've, I love the most myself, and we've been doing it for a very long time. I can't even remember how many years we've been doing it, uh, but I know it was before uh, Hurricane Katrina, and I'll explain that in just a second. But we do three appetizers and a glass of wine for $35. Wow. And, uh, we put together a special menu. Some of the appetizers are on our existing menu, and then we add some new ones, which in some cases we're testing for future menus. And uh, it's been a very successful program for us. And uh, we'll start that on July 6th, right after the 4th of July and run through the end of September. So uh, give me an idea of what the appetizers can include. Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, one of the ones that's on our menu right now is a shrimp scully. Uh, it's uh, fried Gulf shrimp. Uh, with a crystal butter and pepper jelly reduction sauce that one of our cooks named oh, Scully yum. made for us years ago for the staff. And it was so good, we put it on the menu. Uh, we also have some fried oysters. We'll have our city park salad uh, on that list uh, and a few others. We probably have about 10 appetizers to select from. Oh my God, I love And then we'll, we'll have an offering of, of, of wines and it will, it'll change throughout the, you know, the about three months of the program. And as I said, over the years, it's been very successful. I remember, I know we had it before Hurricane Katrina because in the summer after Katrina uh, and everybody was kind of stressed, we did uh, three glasses of wine and an appetizer for fun as an alternative. What do you like for a summer wine? What do I like for summer wines? Well, uh, if you know Susan, uh, we're big uh, Chardonnay drinkers and then I love to drink rosés especially sparkling rosés oh, yeah. and champagnes. Yeah. Many, many years ago, I spent some time in France with a friend and his mother drank sparkling rosés and it was just just delicious. And I've been doing it ever since. 
That sounds great. You know what I drink in the summer? And I don't know where I got this habit, but it's, a, it's something that happened while I was still in New York. And it's uh, Greek wines. It's, um, you know, it's, some, uh, it's, it's, I can't remember the name of it, but it has like a taste of resin in it, uh, a little bit of a taste of pine. And um, okay. I'm just crazy about it. And especially in the summer, I usually try to get it. Or I get, um, you know, uh, I forget the other kind is a sort of a light wine that I've, I've also gotten. And it's, I wish I looked it up before I got on the on the horn with you. But um, that sounds, I love the idea of all those appetizers because that actually sounds doable. You could actually go to a, a um, Whole Food and put, put, pull a few things off the, the uh, table and, and uh, pile them up where you're talking. Wouldn't be as good as what you're doing, but it's uh, something you can do at home, I think, too. So I love that idea. It's perfect. And, you know, we have guests who come in and share multiple orders. So oh, then, right. you know, they'll, sure. they'll get, say a couple comes in, they'll get six and then they'll share okay. all six of those. Perfect, perfect, perfect idea. Love it. Oh, that's, when did you come up with that? How, how did that uh, pop in your brain? Well, uh, I, you know, we were just looking for a promotion years ago because our, 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 uh, our guests at Ralph, Ralph's on the Park are mostly locals coming from all around the city park area in the Old Metairie, Gentilly, by the lake in Mid-City. And uh, we slow down because they're off doing other things in the summertime. So we came up with this idea to, to do a, you know, some sort of a promotion. And we picked this three appetizers and it was so successful and it continues to be successful. It sounds, it sounds absolutely perfect. I really appreciate that. Now, how about a, a summer soup? Do you do any summer soups? Mm, you stumped like me there. Gazpacho or, or, or any kind of... Uh, we do cold soups. Cold soup, yeah. Cold um, soup. Actually, our experience is they don't sell very well. Oh, people, really? Because I love them. still stick with like the turtle soup uh, there. And that, that uh, continues to really work, yeah. But I don't know what we're doing this summer. I and uh, I'll tell you the one thing that you do do that's so important that's your uh, it's always there and that is your spectacular view of the park. I oh. love it to death. I love it upstairs and downstairs and and uh, either in the bar or in the restaurant. I mean, I just love your place. It's just so incredibly yeah. perfect. How did you come by that location in the first place? <laughs> we got very lucky. Uh, we were looking for a location uh, when a chef uh, returned to work with me, Gerard Maris. And uh, he had worked with me at Mr. B's. And uh, we were looking around and we couldn't find anything. We, were, we didn't want to be in the French Quarter. We were looking in the CBD and couldn't find a good location that we liked. And our real estate agent at the time who was helping us said, you know, I know Jack Sands who owns Tavern on the Park, as it was called back then. And, uh, you know, he's, he said to me one day he wants to slow down and retire. And one thing led to another. He reached out to Jack. Jack said, okay, Susan and I toured the building. And uh, that's it. That's it history. Inside, right? uh, we opened in, actually, it'll be 20 years in December. Uh, we're uh, going to have a celebration that. later in the year. Uh, yeah, great. And well, uh, so, I, I, I love the sound of the appetizers. I just can't. Every call I've made has been absolutely brilliant. I've had um, cucumber soup and barbecue sauce that um, Arthur Pulitzer just just talked about and they were great but appetizers in a wine glass perfect perfect love it thank you so much Ralph and okay uh, anything else uh, uh, any hints about summertime that you want to share with us before we go 
No, I mean, we'll be participating in uh, Restaurant Week culinary. next week and then Culinary in uh, August. Right. And uh, and then we we have started a happy hour in the bar uh, just recently. That's part of what, that's a longer term plan. That's just not a summer plan. Yeah. But we formalized that and started that about two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Yeah. And so that'll be like from what, four to six or something like that? uh happy hour happy yes uh, wait i might have the hours right here one four to six you're exactly right monday through friday and uh i guess the other good news is we're open seven nights a week now we started monday nights about six weeks ago five weeks ago and uh we're still closed for for uh lunch on mondays and tuesdays but we we prior to covid we were closed on those days anyway so uh we're back to normal I guess is that I'm excited well, that, about that. I, I'm so happy to hear that you're open on Mondays and Tuesdays for the evening because so many places are still closed mm -hmm. and it's it's really hard to find. And for some reason, those are days that I actually like to go out to eat because I'm just, I don't know, too tired from the weekend <laughs> and um, not really wanting to have to uh, do anything. So um, that's that's great news. Mondays and Tuesdays open for dinner. Perfect. Great. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I hope it's a great summer. And I'm, uh, of course, just um, jealous of your escape to the uh, mountains and uh, <laughs> look forward to seeing you back here. Well, you'll see me. We'll, we'll, we go back and forth. Uh, uh, you are. Yeah, I know. I've, I've, uh, I always uh, when I talk to Susan, I always say, well, where are you, you know, <laughs> here or there? But um, thank you so much. You're really gracious to take a little time out of your schedule. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Jean. See you soon. Thank you. Likewise. So now Arthur Pulitzer has a great barbecue sauce that he's going to share with us. Arthur, how does that go? Well, I like my barbecue sauce sort of sweet. So I use things like um honey and we have these bees out here that my wife does something special to and it is the sweetest honey you've ever tasted so we start off with a big bowl of you know the common base barbecue stuff you can buy in the store i use sweet baby raised hickory with brown sugar uh, or whatever. Baby Rays is getting a lot of publicity right now for some reason. Yeah. Well, it's a good sauce. It won an award. It won an award. That's ah. what it won an award for barbecue sauce. Who knew? Well, <laughs> you know, you it's and it's what you add to that's barbecue sauce. I like to add garlic, and I like to add ginger. Mm. I don't put any onions in my barbecue sauce. I figure whoever made the base put in enough. I use olive oil, butter, and um, a little celery, all cooked real fine. Um, cut, cut, and cooked fine. Well, they they get put in uh, the skillet to sort of get. They're not. They're not. They're, they're cooked, but just yeah. just. To, and then any bit, any bitty bit. And, you know, a marmalade, I like to put a jam in, depending on what it, what it is. 
we have great strawberries and blueberries here. Um, but my favorite, you know, thing to use is orange. Or, uh, wow, yeah. What a great idea. You know, you I take never thought of that. Take, what, what is it that cheek eats all the time? It says doggone small citrus. Um, smaller than the orange. What is it, Sandra? Tangerine or Satsuma. Sa she says kumquat, but it's not that it's it's oh, Satsuma. Yeah, kumquat too. That's fine. Yeah. That's it. When you cook, you cut that up fine. And you sure. Can, you know, saute that with the Worcestershire sauce, the chopped ginger, the chopped garlic, a little, little bit of salt. Oh my God. <laughs> and, you know, then I add honey and um a dash of vanilla um wow. sweet and different sauce and i don't even i can't never even remember i just i, I always you probably use, changed it up a little bit from time to time too yeah, i always use thyme fresh thyme from the garden um and you know if, if it's a different fooding you, you know if i it's lamb we're cooking. I'll use oregano um, as a as a herbal spice because it's good. Yeah, I'll say. You know, Tana's kind of proud of his barbecue sauce, but wait till he hears that recipe. That is like ask a New Orleanian how they do anything, and you're going to get something super great. And that is a super great combination. <laughs> stuff for a barbecue. I love it. I love it. Well, okay, the garlic and the ginger. Yeah. That makes, yeah, a marmalade with the base. You put all that stuff together and let it work together. And the honey, I tell you what. There's <laughs> something about the honey. Sandra um, gave you a bottle, didn't she? Uh, no, I, I've been cheated. I want some. I can't believe you didn't get a bottle. I have never gotten a bottle. Well, that's the first thing you got to ask for. You've never tasted honey like this in your life. Oh, the honey. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I mean, I don't put syrup on anything um, anymore. I put my own honey. Where, where is that coming from? From the bees and all the flowers. <laughs> but I mean, where, where in the country, someplace near you? Right on from us. Yeah. yeah. Sandra has a a three-level a three-level beehive, and what? we got I don't know fifty pounds of honey last year. Oh my God! I had no I mean, idea. The best honey, Gene. I swear. <laughs> I, I've never I've never had anything like it you know they took a great big fat branch of our catalpa which is one of the oldest apparently in the state but it's really on its last legs and it was had a huge beehive in it and the guys who took it out were supposed to get us honey back and they never did so i need i need a bottle of your honey for sure well i don't know how many are left and i'm hoarding them now Next year. Sandra made a great label. I'll tell you what. 
see it's it's amazing i can't wait it's really good i need to get some for this summer so we can make that barbecue sauce that sounds so good oh my god wait it really is. he's got to be definitely um and uh a, 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 um intimidated by it but arthur i gotta go to my next interview okay baby now thank you so much Hope thank you, you so much have a great rest of the summer thank you you too okay bye, <laughs> bye. Andreas de la Puente, who's sitting next to me, come closer, Andreas. Andreas came to our neighborhood, what, about two years ago? A little bit more, like three, four. No, I can't stand how I lose any sense of the past time. To the flagpole, right where Governor Nichols and Esplanade meet. And actually, it's a continuation, really, of Bayou Road that becomes Governor Nichols. And he's taken command of that flag post um, and done just absolutely incredible Cuban coffee. He is Cuban, right? Yes, yes, ma'am. Cuban coffee, um, great Cuban pastries with my very favorite interior of guava and um, fresh juice. And here's why he's here today, because we are talking about summer um, eating, and he has the only that I know of bona fide fresh fruit snowballs in the city. No junky syrup. And I'm not a big fan of snowballs. Frankly, I come from Italian ices territory, which is saturated with real lemon juice, you mm -hmm. know. And so what a relief to have um, the flagpole become a place where you can get fresh fruit snowballs. Tell us about your snowballs and uh, are snowballs something that are served in, in Cuba? Yeah, yeah, we, we have it. Not uh, with this type of machine. It's just manually scratch the eyes and then we put a little bit. This definitely the snow whistle machines are really good. Uh huh. So uh, if you get the ice in there, crunch a little bit. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you can get the ice uh, dry and then. Uh, the blaze shape and that really good sensitive when you eat it. And um, we have both, we have the, the natural one and we have the, the zero. So uh -huh. usually parents come and get the natural and get, get the, the sugar brown. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell us we, uh, the flavors that you have. Well, the natural flavors, we have guava, guayaba in Spanish. We got mango, we got uh, pineapple, uh, we got strawberry and we got raspberry. I mean, what can, what more can you ask for? Okay. <laughs> I said, what more can you ask for? I'm just saying how great that is to mm -hmm. have all those flavors. And they're all natural, guys. I'm telling you, it is just such a treat because that's what I like. I like natural. And you have also natural juice. Yes, we have uh, we have uh, fresh squeezed lemonade. We have fresh squeezed orange juice with uh, half guava mango that we bring in for Florida. And we also have an especially to the house, which is a snowball, it's a coffee snowball. So shot Ooh. espresso. Uh, I didn't goes, even know about that. Yeah, coffee, uh, so co coffee with uh, with heavy cream and um, kind of a cafe au lait in a way. Yeah, on a on a snowball. In a condensed snowball. meal and topping with the uh, coffee. Um, what a way to get your coffee fix in the morning in this weather. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people shy. Flag, flags, uh, the flagpole is 
outdoor sitting. So, you know, when in the heat of the day, you may shy, but actually there's often a breeze. And so the minute you settle down and you have your ices in your hand and you breeze, it's cool, it's fine. But to, to top it off, to have all those flavors and to have the juice, I mean, it's, it's just such a treat. And you know, we've lived on Esplanade, my husband and I, since, um, you know, 1974, I always forget exactly the year. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't have almost anything on the street. There was no Cafe Dega, there was no Lola's, there was no Santa Fe. Um, there was literally no coffee shops, you know, just nothing. Um, the, the first thing that opened up really was um, PJs. It wasn't PJs to begin with. It was a, a, a young man whose name I'm going to not be able to remember at the moment. But he opened it first as a kind of combined um, place with uh, not snowballs, but similar cold stuff and, and um, coffee. But um, so we were we just we loved the neighborhood, the houses, the um, the, the diversity, uh, everything about it. But to have now this incredible treat of um, what you brought here. So what, what made you come to New Orleans? Because I, I know actually quite a few Cuban people here, especially musicians and my cinematographer, William Severin, who's the best, the absolute best, because he has a Cuban rhythm, I guess, embedded in his editing and his shooting. And so when you're looking at it, it's always got this, you know, underlying, you don't necessarily notice it, but it's definitely not kind of donk, 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 cut. You know, it's smooth always. But um, what, what, what made you come to New Orleans? Well, um, uh, quite a few things. I, I used to, first of all, I want to say I used to live in, in different cities in the United States and, and uh, New Orleans and uh, all San Juan, Puerto Rico of uh, the same by uh, New Orleans. So I think the presence of the Spanish and the French and uh, Americans um, and the African-American get a blend into it that we make it really close to, um, to our culture. To Cuba. And yeah. To Cuba and uh, the way we, uh, we act and we relate to each other. Uh -huh. um, so that's, that's one of the things I feel really comfortable in the city. Uh, why I came to New Orleans? Well, first we were in Texas and, um, and, and then after that we went back to Miami and then uh, my wife got a job here. And so we oh, moved because oh. of, she got a job. How many times have I heard this story? And <laughs> of course, uh, female from, from Louisiana, New Orleans, they, they go out, they explore the world, they come back and they bring the alien. Yeah. So okay. usually that's the way it works. That's uh, very common. And the other way around too, in my case, uh, my husband, Bob Tannen came to the Gulf Coast to help people come back on the coast of uh, Mississippi for Camille. And uh, he never went back north. And so, you know, if it was a choice between him and the north and that was an easy choice. Yeah. So I came here too, uh, under similar circumstances, but of course it's also the culture. The culture, know? definitely the culture. Yeah. yeah. But it's a blend that is a relationship that is a, a flow of life that is really welcoming. Flow of life, oh, that's interesting. So describe that further for me. Well, uh, human relation, um, communication, willing to socialize, to say good morning, to, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's just different to explain, but it's just, uh, it's just a, a normal life between, you know, 
people. Uh, people in general, uh, different generations and how they uh, relate to each other. So uh, my culture, grandma and uh, grandpa, uh, um, they all for it's, it's really close part of our, our, our uh, you know, family things relate really close to them. So I guess we never get to break away um, in a matter that we had a meeting to see each other almost, you know, every day or maybe once every two days or um, so it's La Casa de los Abuelos, the grandpa's house and, you know, the kids come and it's it just, uh, I don't know, it's a culture thing. And I think I think in the Orleans, I, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I relate with a lot of people because yeah. of the business, yeah. but also out of that, um, I don't know, I relate to have friends that yeah. they are young, they are old, it doesn't matter. It's just right. a, just the flow of the communication. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean. I mean, I just wanted to hear you, you know, express it because um, I, I think everybody who comes here says the same thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always say that the slogan for New Orleans should be everybody's second hometown. You come here to visit, you feel at home. Yeah. And many people, and this is, this is a known story, this I'm not making this up, come here for Jazz Fest or for Essence or for um, you know uh, the French Quarter Fest, or just any small little chicken fest, whatever, and um, send for their belongings and never leave. Yeah, literally. Have you heard that? Yeah, there is a there definitely there is a, a southern hospitality and uh, and the architecture. I think it's 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 a little bit of the thing. The architecture, the people, the the, the way things work. Um, of course, there there is things that are not working. The way we want it, but and not life is not. Uh, it's not perfect. Yes, perfect. That's not about perfect. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> we have our, our our blue healer wants to be friends with anybody that we're friends with. He's like New Orleans. Yeah. He really, you know, blue healers are usually kind of tough cookies, but he's just a sweetheart because he he's used to that that same thing that you're talking about the home spirit. You want there to bring the camera <laughs> There he is. There he is. He's one. He wants to get close. Yeah, that's 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 what we're all about here. Um, so, what? How do you see your business developing? I'm, I'm sure it's tough at this time of the year. This has got to be torture because it's uh, people are less likely to be. New Orleanians don't like going out in the rain and don't like going out in the heat, even though the summer is hot all summer. Can you imagine when people lived here and the women wore all those long clothes? in this heat in the summer without air conditioning yeah and somehow this city survived mm -hmm. and and here we are now being able to enjoy air conditioning we hope for a little while longer because goodness knows what climate change is going to do to everything but um you know we, we still are enjoying it so so how do you see your business and your life shaping going forward well we always do uh, praying for the best, you know, like summer is kind of slow time, but, uh, but you know, as soon as that passes, all the faces start coming back and uh, business start picking up. So you actually have a couple summer festivals, you know, um, the Louis Armstrong uh, celebration is coming up at the beginning of August. Everybody assumes he was born around, I think it's August 2nd is, is what most people say, but um, and we have no real idea, but um, 
That's uh, generally speaking uh, what's designated. And so there's a big festival then. And um, you know, the, fe the festivals do have culinary going on right now. Are you a part of culinary? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because that's really more for more expensive meals. You are yeah. not expensive. That's a, that's a very important point I have to make. That we're not talking here about some, you know, pricey um, national, you know, uh, brands. We're talking about, as you say, kind of a more down home mm -hmm. kind of a, a treatment, which is just such a luxury. It's just great. Well, I'm very lucky and happy that you ch chose our neighborhood. How did you choose it? Well, it's, uh, I used to work for Corporate America. We used to work in the plant in Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, I have to be in the plant at four in the morning every day. I did it for five years. <laughs> and I was getting old and uh, I had my first baby. And um, I was lucky enough that I was able to save a little bit of money. And I was passing by and uh, we was discussing what the future would be, having a baby and say, well, you know, like, Maybe, maybe I'll buy a little shop and I'll, I'll work it out. I mean, I'll not be making the same amount of money. This conversation was between my wife and I. Sure. And uh, soon enough, she contacted the lady and they were already selling it. So we ended up buying it. So the, that particular location, how did you stumble on that? You just drove by it and saw it? We just we just drove by it and we saw it. And it was, uh, you know, like uh, all graffiti on the stuff. And the conversation came out because he uh, said, well, you know, like I can't walk away from my job. We need the income. Said, would you be okay if I do less money, like a little shop like that? So yes, we will. So she took the initiative and contacted the owner, and um, everything was, you know, we discussed about what we were doing. And, yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I, I did a lot of work myself too. Yeah. So putting it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you really just saw the potential. Of that yeah, we saw we saw the potential. I cannot say it was just only me. She saw it too. Yeah, both and, uh, mm -hmm. we, we we did a, a little work together, and then mm -hmm. she was the idea of putting all the glass. And wow, initially I wasn't too happy about that because uh, not only was expensive, it's just uh, it it would expose, but. But it looks great. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that that's part of the charm of it, that you can kind of look inside and see you all making stuff and, and putting mm -hmm. it together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know exactly when your your order is going to be ready because yeah. you see it being made. Um, I think it's uh, an important part of the charm of the site. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then but the other thing that's so great about what you do, of course, is all the music. Always there's music going on. You know, you know I guess people just, again they they saw the same opportunity as you and they probably have come up to you and say can we play music here yeah musicians right? come by and, and said you know like um and can we play and of course we always um uh, we always open for um we always open for that yeah and um you know people in the street stop and tip them and yeah and we also do the same so yeah. it's created with atmosphere yeah and uh yeah, we, we don't we don't hire musicians. They just come and do whatever they wanted to. That's what I thought. It, looked, it kind of held that feeling. And um, again, that's such a pleasure to have that music. It's not amplified, heavy bass music that some of my neighbors prefer. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's a delight to have, you know, basically, maybe there's a little amp that might be there, but it's not moving loud and irritating. It's just really sweet and lovely to have it on the street. Well, thank you. And what is your wife's name? Yvette. Yvette. 
thank you for helping to make this happen and choosing that location with Antes. And I'm just so um, pleased that you're there. And I love, love, love natural fruit snowballs for the summer and all year round. I mean, what is it? In December, you're probably still going strong. No, we, we do it around the, around the year. Yeah. 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 So there you have it. The flagpole right at the corner of Governor Nichols. It's kind of like on the, on the co corner of Galvez, too. You know, it's, it's kind of an intersection between uh, several streets converging. So it's a wonderful place. We also have a, a big flagpole that has the French uh, flag, the Spanish, and of course, the American on the top of the cube. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I should have said that. And thank you for reminding me. Yeah, you're welcome. You. You're thank you for having me. And I thank really you so much it. for coming. I, this is his first time in, at our home, which is literally a block and a half away. And I'm surprised like, as I didn't know, but we haven't been um, socializing a whole lot lately. So I'm glad to hear you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for uh, Crosstown Conversations this week. And um, I look forward to chatting with you next week. We'll come up with some other su summertime treats. So we're, we've done now summertime and the um, reading is easy. This was summertime and the eating is easy. Uh, I guess we're going to have to do drinking in a big way next week. Maybe we'll do <laughs> cocktails, but um, this was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody.